but also I'm not that good at other sports. I, I, I'm, I think once you take the, the ball away from me, I, I do much better. Dizruns Radio episode 904 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by... A good cup of coffee. My good cup. Well, not my good cup of coffee. My good coffee in your cup because uh, it still it still makes me shake my head a little bit. Still makes me wonder what what kind of life I'm living. But uh, I've got that partnership with uh, the good folks over at Siskin Roasters. We've got a Dizruns label of coffee, and you can get it. You can order it any old time you want. And uh, this time of year, kind of chilly in a lot of places. Uh, even even down here in Central Florida, a little chillier than uh, what I signed up for. Although I guess I like it better than the oppressive hot that we get for eight and a half or nine or ten months a year. But uh, but I digress. The weather's never perfect anywhere, uh, and it's certainly not perfect here. But it is pretty good this time of year, and honestly, any time of year for a good cup of coffee. So if you'd like uh, like to support the show and support your caffeine slash coffee habit slash addiction at all at the same time. Point your browser over to disruns.com slash coffee. That'll actually redirect you not to my website, but it'll redirect you to the uh, the Siskin Roasters website. You can order one bag, two bags, ten bags, as many bags as you want. Have them shipped to your door. And uh, when you're ready to go, bada boom, bada bam, you know you know how to make a cup of coffee, and it'll make you a good cup of coffee. I can promise you that. Uh, and again, we get a, we get a little uh, a little support that way as well. So if you're if you're up for it, if you're willing to do it, and you you know you know you want a good cup of coffee. Hey, not a bad option. Uh, Dizruns.com slash coffee. Thank you guys for supporting uh, the affiliate partners that uh, so help support me. And uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. Uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, I've gotten to know uh, halfway halfway well, I like to think, over social media in the, the past few years. And she's been listening to the show for, uh, we were kind of talking about before we got started here, not e- entirely sure how long it's been, but it's been it's been a while. Uh, and I'm definitely excited now to be able to you know talk with her today and, and have her on the show and, and dig a little bit deeper into into her story. So uh, in addition to being a runner, because obviously that's, uh, that's a pretty key component to being on the show, uh, she's also a therapist, a dog mom. And uh, I, I don't know if I've ever given her this title official. Officially, but I am now. She's the the resident expert in our Facebook group on uh, all things San Francisco area running. So whenever somebody has a question, we're just like, "Hey, Ava, tag in." And not, now I kind of let you know who who the guest is. But uh, she she solves the problem and lets everybody know where to run and what to do and places to go around San Francisco. So it's uh, definitely a pleasure to be able to to finally welcome Miss Ava Martinez to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Ava. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And uh, guys, if you uh, haven't connected with Ava yet uh, on the social media, obviously she's on Facebook. She's in the Facebook group. You can you can maybe find her there. But also Instagram and Twitter. And, and I will say Twitter. Like she's 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 a good follow on Twitter. She's one of my, my favorite people to see scrolling across my Twitter feed. Uh, but on Instagram, her her handle there is at Ava Christine M. All just like it's it's uh, you know pretty much spelled like it sounds. A V A C H R I S T I N E and then the letter M. Uh, on the Twitters, her handle there is at Ava and then it's Martinez, but it's Martinez without any vowels in the last name. So A V A 
M-R-T-N-Z on Twitter. Uh, and as per usual, I have things linked up in the show notes. If you uh, you know are out and about and, and can't write that down or can't get your phone out and, and give her a follow right away, uh, just head over to disruns.com slash 904. Disruns.com slash 904. Take you back to the show notes today. And of course, I have everything linked up there, photos, the whole nine, and, and uh, again, links to, the, to Ava's social media handles and whatnot so you can give her a follow and, and check out what she's got going on uh, on the social medias. So uh, Ava, you know, like, like I said in the intro, you've been listening to the show for, for long enough that you've heard this question uh, more than more than a few times, uh, but now it's it's time to uh, officially turn the, the, the question over to you and get, get your answer. Uh, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, um, you'd think that having listened to the show, knowing that this is coming, I would have a better answer. But I, I would say the most accurate answer is kind of not great because it's it's it depends. <laughs> but um, if I really had to go with an actual answer, I want to say the road marathon um, because I do enjoy the race itself and the uh, process, the feeling of accomplishment, the lots of opportunities for people to sort of pop up on the course, but also the training. I, I really like the structure and the routine that comes with training for a road marathon. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, and, and, and not to, not to just dismiss that answer, but I want to go back a little bit to the, <laughs> it depends part. What, what, you know, does that mean like, um, well, what does that mean? What do you mean by it depends when, when you're asking what your favorite uh, distance to race might be? Oh, okay. So because I do love the road marathon, but I feel like I have lots of different running personalities and I really enjoy trail races of really any distance. I've done a couple, literally two ultras. Um, <laughs> and um, I also am into other like marathons and other random distances. I know locally uh, in the San Francisco Bay area, we have the Dipsy race uh, and I really love doing the double Dipsy. My, my dog is named after that trail. Mill Valley is my hometown. Uh, so that, that race is probably my favorite race of all time. Even, even though it's sort of a, um, I wouldn't call it a race distance because it's very specific mm -hmm. to the trail itself. So mm -hmm. it's roughly like the, the double is a little less than 14 miles, but, um, and then also we have like beta breakers, which is a 12 K. So, so I like a lot of, I, I would say my second favorite is a non-traditional race distance, uh, because it kind of, you don't have anything to compare it with other than the race itself. So, um, it's, I think it kind of breaks me out of like the type A, like this is what my marathon time should be kind of uh, planning around a race. And it's sort of just like, I want to do my best on this race at, on this day. Um, so, and honestly, there, there are race distances I like less than others, but <laughs> I, I, I'm open to, any and all. I'm usually just down to race. And um, I, I, have, I haven't done it, especially now that there aren't really traditional races happening right. this year. But I have definitely been considering breaking out of the sort of very repetitive nature of like, doing two marathons a year, and then uh, maybe doing some other races as training, but not as specific goals. So maybe maybe 
sometime in the future when there are races to train for. I'll, I'll open that back up. Gotcha. And, and, uh, as, as per usual, lots, lots to unpack in there and, and uh, who knows how much of that we'll get to and, and where this whole conversation will take us. But I, I do, I, I do like your point about, uh, the non-traditional race distances. And, and I think that, you know, I, it, obviously there's, there's road races that are, you know, the random distances you mentioned beta breakers and, and, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, the, at least maybe not everybody, but, but a lot of us have heard of random races or maybe there's the, you know, the, the random, you know, 12 K or, or, 13k or something like that you know sometimes like a like, you know friday the 13th or something like that theme type of race um that, that people always kind of enjoy the differences because like and, and of course trail racing like i feel like trail racing is nothing but just you know ish when, when it comes to distances for the most part <laughs> exactly um but but how how that that really can take the the expectations off and the the pressure off of like like you said comparing to other races and comparing prs because i mean this is the one race and so as, especially if it's a race where you're having fun with it or, or whatever the case might be like pace isn't as, as big of a goal. So I can, I can totally see, you know, the, the, it depends, uh, type of, of answer. Uh, and, and, uh, I will accept that and also accept that the road marathon, uh, as, as maybe if you had to pin it down as being the number one, um, how'd you get started in the sport, Ava? Is it, is it something that's been a long-term thing or, or obviously it's, it's been long enough that, that you've been listening to the show for a while. We've been connected on social media, uh, for, for as long as we can both kind of collectively remember. So, uh, you know, it hasn't been just the last couple of days that you started running, but, but how'd you get started in the sport? So my parents are really into running. As I, I mentioned, I grew up in or actually, maybe I didn't mention, I said Mill Valley is my hometown, but Mill Valley is just across the Golden Gate Bridge here. Mm. And uh, it's got a big trail running community. And my parents were both very involved in it when I was growing up. Uh, so I was exposed to people running from an early age. I, I wouldn't say I personally was that into it. Uh, my mom ran a couple marathons, so I spectated those. It wasn't until... Middle, so in middle school, you know how sports are kind of just whatever, like you can sign up for every single one of them. And that's what I did because I, I just kind of like the social aspect of it. So I did every sport. And then in high school, I wanted to try out for a different fall sport. And my dad was really pushing the cross country. And he was, he, I, I think in hindsight, Yes, it's important to our family, but also I'm not that good at other sports. <laughs> I, I, I I think once you take the, the ball away from me, I, I do much better. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think my dad did see cross country as a sport that I had potential to do a little better at than others. So he basically said, how about you just do one season? And if you really hate it, you don't have to do it again next year. You can do whatever other sport you want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, spoiler alert, I did not quit. I, I, <laughs> I stuck around um, cross country and track and ended up being the captain of the cross country team as a senior. So I, I definitely um, got sort of tricked into liking running would be kind of the uh, the real answer. Right. Um, I, I, did, I, did, I didn't choose it. It chose me. Um, and I think I, I was definitely in a sort of like competitive team sport type of aspect of running for most of high, for all of high school. Mm -hmm. And then later on got interested more in like the running for fun or signing up for races, but not 
from like a, I intend to win because right. you know I, I'm not intending to win the New York City Marathon. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so you, you, you're competitive and you're and you're scratching that itch through through high school and and getting into you know getting out of high school and, and continuing to run and, and continuing to, to push yourself in races. So you know you say that you're not into races now, like competitive to win them. But you know, and, and I mean, this is a conversation we've had uh, I've had with other folks you know over the years. Like like I I don't know of too many other sports that uh you know you can continue to play into adulthood where you can still scratch that competitive itch and, and again it might not be to win but to go out and run run your best race or maybe it's it's you know to to set new prs or maybe you know if it's if it's a small enough race and you're like hey i might be able to get on the age group podium here so you can still you know stoke those those competitive fires a little bit um and it kind of sounded like from your your answer to you know previously about you know two marathons one in the spring one in the fall like kind of sounds like that that still might be going on a little bit Oh, for sure. And I think it wouldn't be very honest to say that I'm not competitive anymore. I'm That's just my nature. I am a competitive person, and I think it's most healthily channeled into sports. <laughs> but um, I, I am definitely competitive with myself when it comes to races, specifically the, the ones that have an easier sort of benchmark, like a, a road marathon, because it's, who knows, with trails, anything goes. Mm-hmm. I don't really have unless it's the same race that I've run before, I don't have expectations for time. I just like see how it goes. But uh, going into most marathons, actually I'd say going into every marathon I've run, I've had some sort of time expectation, even if it was kind of a window. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's again, you know, conversations that have been had where the differences between road, road running and trail running is, is that, you know, many differences, but one of them being that, um, you know, for the most part on the road, you kind of know what you're, what you're getting yourself into, you know, you can, you can find profiles and, and on the websites, it usually has all the information about how much elevation and, and, you know, kind of temperature ranges that you can kind of expect. And of course, if it's going to be pavement the whole way, then you kind of, you know, you know that that is, is going into it versus yeah, the trail. It's like, yeah, just come out for, for 30 miles of, of fun on the, you know, for this 50 K and, and, uh, hang out afterwards and, and you have no idea what the <laughs> how much climate it's going to be necessarily or what the conditions are going to be and and even you know year to year like you said you, you kind of have an idea of uh, you know, I've run this trail before I, I run this race every year but I, I, at least for me and, and I'm sure probably for you as well there there are differences to the trail every year you know is it something something that oh, changes yeah. and and you know so even that even even that is is hard to gauge exactly you know it's not always an apples to apples when you're talking about the same trail race year after year there are differences on the day. Right. Like I think last year, a group of us from the, uh, just friends from San Francisco, we went and ran what had been marketed as a 60 K, but really ended up being a, a 50 K in uh, Canada, golden BC. And it was pretty decent conditions on the day we were running. But then the very next day, the whole mountain was covered with snow mm. and it had these, this crazy, like really, really steep, vertical kilometer that over the course of i think three four miles which of course now i'm mixing kilometers and miles but uh, (laughs) you're blowing everybody's mind with all this math ava but it's okay we can go with it but a lot of climbing in a short amount of miles Mm -hmm. and i was thinking just trying to get up that it was scary as it was for me like i thought i was gonna slip the entire time and if if it was snowy and icy man (laughs) forget it right right yeah that's that's uh 
one of those one of those uh, factors that that again, you know, as, as road runners are like, oh yeah, but you know that can happen in the roads too. But it's 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 a different ball game when it's when it's wet pavement or even snow on the pavement versus you know snow on on a trail and it turns to mud and then uh, and then yeah, who who knows anybody's anybody's guess. Um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned New York in there as as far as um, you know you're not not trying to win the New York City Marathon, which you know I, I don't want you to sell yourself short, but I think that's that's realistic expectations. Probably not gonna not gonna win that one. Um, but I feel like I remember you, you've run New York a couple times. Is that, is that accurate? Or am I mistaken there? Yes. Yeah, so I've run it three times. I ran the virtual last year mm-hmm. and I had been registered for my fourth you know, in-person New York city marathon this year, but of course that didn't happen. Right. Uh, so I will run it a fourth time in a future year. I, they couldn't guarantee as far as I'm aware, they weren't guaranteeing next year, but We'll see. Right, right. What what do you uh, in, enjoy about the New York City Marathon that you keep? Uh, sounds like keep going back just about any time you get the the opportunity. Uh, you know what 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 about that race kind of appeals to you? You know, it's funny because I don't like New York that much. <laughs> um, I, I I am a self described aggressive Californian. I just don't. I mean, I have friends who live in New York. I like to visit, but when people talk about New York as if it's the center of the universe, I personally just don't get it. However, on the day of the marathon, that completely changes. I'm obsessed. I understand like all of the hype. Uh, I see a different side of the city. It really comes out to the spectators. Mm. I feel like every borough tries to kind of outdo the other ones in terms of crowd support and just showing off their city. And it's just it's one race where even if you're having a completely garbage race from like a running perspective you cannot stop smiling the entire time you're running it or i mean i can't maybe other people can um and i just yeah it's just i i can't quite describe it but there is magic in that race and i also from a less sort of woo-woo magical perspective, but from like a very technical thing, I think one of the underrated parts of a race is organization and logistics and and actually like how well they run the event. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that for a, an event of its size, the New York City Marathon is just perfectly pulled off. Uh, of course, you do have to deal with the getting up early to get to the corral, but it, you know, less capable hands could definitely make that a complete chaotic experience. Mm -hmm. And, and I just haven't had anything other, even the finish line experience is like, I've had experiences at other races where the finish line just is torture and you're just walking for forever and then you can't find your family. And it's no, and and New York city is it. You do walk, obviously you have to get out of there, but it's pretty simple to actually, reconnect with the people who you're looking for at the end of it so i think just sort of the um the the organization definitely helps the enjoyment of the race right right you know it's it's obviously i've never run new york or at least obvious for those that have listened long enough because i I talk about it just about every time anytime somebody has run it like like that in boston are kind of like the two races where if if you run it like i want to get your your feedback on it um because you know as i've said before like I, i don't 
have a, a a strong I don't have I don't maybe have the, the anti New York not that you have an anti New York sentiment, but like like I've been there I've been there once for a day and a half. So like I've seen the whole city. I've been there, done that and and, and you know, whatever. But um as far as is the race, like, you know, a fifty thousand person race, not exactly my jam. Um but but like you said, you know, the the logistics of being able to pull off a race like that and, and as much as people complain about having to get up early and catching the ferry and figuring out how to get out to, to the start and, and all of those, those types of logistics um, that, that aren't as easy as they might be at a, you know, at a 5,000 person race. But of course they're not because there's, there's 10 times as many people there. Um, you know, as much as people complain, I, I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody um, that was complaining outside of just the fact that it's kind of inconvenient. You have to be there so early to, to wait for the race to start. Um, but I'm, I'm curious from, from your perspective of running the race multiple times, like how does, how does that aspect of a big city race? I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Boston is pretty similar and in any race that has tens of thousands of people, like there's, there's some logistics at the start line and getting there early and, and figuring it all out. Um, how, how do you handle that from a, a, a racing perspective or do you not even really quote unquote race New York? Like how, how do you handle going into a, a big city, New York specifically? How do you, how do you kind of prepare for the whole experience of, of getting ready for it, racing it, that, that whole nine yards? That's interesting. Cause I don't really, Oh, I don't overthink it too much. I kind of just make sure that I'm prepared. Like I read all the sort of start line logistics. I know where to go. I know what time I should be there. And it's really that simple. I I think I can definitely get in my head about um, other sort of anxieties going into races. So I try to streamline the just basic, you know, getting there as as much as possible. And I think too with New York, my experience has been. I think the the thinking about going to the start line and and waiting being there is definitely much worse than the actual experience because you know you, you meet people on the ferry you meet people at the start line and, and, and i mean obviously i not obviously maybe maybe some people do pull this off but i will have these great conversations with people and then never see them again in my life but that that's fine you know mm-hmm. it's it's just like a, a little snapshot of an interaction uh, and, and it definitely does also help take the edge off of nerves or, or just thinking about running. It's just like, I'm, I'm meeting, I, I also just like to talk to people. I, I'm not one of those people who will like sit at a, a start corral with headphones in. I don't wear headphones when I race. So I, I, I definitely am that person that maybe some people don't enjoy because they're trying to be in, in the zone, like focusing on the race. And I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Tell me all about yourself. Um, but, um, but I think, you know, I think that type tends to find other mm-hmm. ones of that type. So it all works out. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose the guy sitting in the corner with the scowl on his face and his headphones on, like, you know, that's, that's not the prime target to go up to and say, Hey, how's it going? Not necessarily. No. And that, and I am uh, part of the, was El Volet. So if I am at a big race, sometimes I'll see someone with one of those, uh, what's it called? Singlets. Right. Oh my goodness. Words. Uh, singlets <laughs> or maybe the crop or, or something was else. So if I spot one of those, like, and again, they're not, you know, got their headphones in talking to someone else, whatever, I will definitely approach one of them and introduce myself and see where I'm from. And, and it's just nice to have that connection as well. 
Yeah, there's, there's nothing nothing like having that little bit of a, a team, you know, like be, we're, we're part of the same crew here, and especially at, at those big races where there's so many thousand people. It's like, hey, there's there's one of us, and, and yeah, you might never see that person again. You might never interact with them again, but, you know, just being able to share a smile and a, and a little conversation along the way, um, I, I suppose, is, uh, you know, it, it, it's obviously going to help pass the time a little bit and, and keep you from stressing out about, oh my gosh, like I haven't eaten anything in such and such a time, and, and when, when, when do I start and getting in line for the, the porta potty or, or whatever, all those things that we all deal with, um, but before a race, um, one last question about New York and then we'll, we'll get off of that one for a little bit. But, um, you know, for you and, and you're talking to somebody who doesn't know that much about the New York city marathon. Other, I mean, I know the basics, but like, I, I haven't obviously, like I said, I haven't run it. I, I haven't been there. I'm not super familiar with the city, obviously. Um, but, but what is, what is your favorite stretch of the race? What, what, what is the part of, you know, whether it's, I've, I've heard from before, you know, some people obviously like the, like the, the crowds and the cheering and the different, different parts of the city. I've heard from a couple people that like really like a couple of the bridges where it's like the, the one spot where there's, where it is kind of quiet and you can just kind of like, like almost feel like you can exhale. Um, but, but, but for you, what, what stands out is, is like, if, if there is something that stands out as the favorite part of the, the New York city marathon. Well, the New York City Marathon definitely has a lot of its moments, but I feel like this is very cliche because this is probably what a lot of people would say, but it's true for me. I think coming off of the Queensboro Bridge and getting into Manhattan, this is a little after mile 16, it's so exciting because the bridge is quiet and uphill and you bet it's the only point in the race that you're... Uh, I wouldn't say by yourself because there's still people on the course, but there, um, but there's no spectators. So it's sort of the one sort of moment of Zen or, or whatever you have a breather from the spectators, if that's what you want. Um, and then coming off the complete opposite coming into Manhattan. I, uh, yeah, that, that energy is great. It's also dangerous because it has been the spot in some, cause those of us who've run marathons know that, you know, between mile 16 and 17 isn't necessarily time to sort of drop the hammer. Um, <laughs> Some of us have learned that lesson but, the hard way too, like, you know, uh, being one of them, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's definitely tempting because of just the energy that you get from people at that point in the race. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like, uh, um, you know, coming off of, like you said, the little, the little Zen of the, of the bridge. And then everybody's going crazy and you're like, all right, let's it's go time. No, it's not. It's not go time yet. There's still 10 miles to go. You, we gotta, we gotta tamper that in a little bit, but yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's one of the, the, I feel like one of the, the answers that has come across a, f- a few times in conversations about New York city and something that, you know, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of the, the real, real big city races, it's, it's got me, you know, probably going to start entering that, that lottery one of these days and, and, uh, you know, have to, have to run it once. I feel like that's one of those, like, like if you have the opportunity, you got it, you got to do it once. And maybe I should have done the, the virtual thing this year to, to guarantee it, but whatever it is, it is what it is. And, and speaking of the virtual thing this year, like you, like you mentioned running the, the New York city virtual to, to secure a spot at some point down the road. Um, obviously this, you know, this year, COVID-19 year and, and, uh, you know, where we are as we're recording this at the beginning of December. So there's, there's kind of this, this hope now of vaccine is, is looking like, you know, things are, are looking up there and obviously that's not going to be an overnight situation, but hopefully things will start to get back to, to races again soon. And, uh, you know, being able to race safely, obviously. Um, but how have you handled this year, Ava? You know, like you said, many moons ago at the start of the, the conversation, you, that you enjoy 
racing and, and you look forward to, to running races and, and pushing yourself on race day. And uh, obviously that hasn't been uh, much of a thing since about, I don't know, mid-March, something like that, or late February or early March, somewhere in that, in that timeline is when things really started, uh, the plugs started getting pulled. Uh, how, how have you handled kind of a, a race-free, more or less, uh, 2020? It's a good question. I, I was tempted to be like, well, I haven't been handling it, but that's <laughs> not true. Um, I, I do really enjoy events and I, I just can't get into virtual racing. Honestly, it's just, I, I don't think I, I could make myself care enough to try to treat it like a, a genuine race and not just like I've done virtual races that were for charity. So of course I'll, I'm going to run anyway. So mm-hmm. may as well donate some money if it's happening or, uh, something along those lines, or like I said, the, the virtual New York city is like, I need to get a long run in, mm-hmm. could just turn it into a full marathon and secure my spot in New York city. Right. Sure. But I've never treated a virtual race like a, a race. So I, I have had to get more creative about just motivation for running. I mean, I don't need that much motivation because I do like running. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's fairly, we all do like running but I think uh, um some runners and I would consider myself one of them do better with a concrete goal mm-hmm. sort of to guide that motivation but I have really leaned into com- like virtual communities and I I think I, again, bringing up the California Wazelle Vole because I am one of the leaders mm. of the San Francisco Bay Area, and we and one of the unique opportunities we've we've had this year uh, coming from the pandemic has been that California as a state has worked together, like all of the leaders have mm. kind of organized to create sort of more of an online community because we're not in person. So, uh, we, we've done various like distance challenges or, um, Oh, I can't believe I completely forgot about this until now, but there is, uh, we did the, uh, women run the vote relay, which was a fundraiser for black voters matter leading up to the election. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that was sort of a virtual relay from Atlanta to DC. Um, Obviously, I was right here in San Francisco, right. but um, but it was cool having a team to complete that relay and see like where we were at virtually mm-hmm. well, somewhere in in the south um, and <laughs> and sort of to like cr- cross the the virtual finish line together. But yeah, I mean, I don't I have a great answer to this because I think the way that I've been managing is just by by continuing to run find find the original sources of joy in running i i am spoiled with a uh, a pretty great place to call home that that is, is very runner friendly and um continues to be regardless of the season so uh just sort of and also i think i not so much anymore cuz i i but definitely early in the pandemic i was trying to find ways to explore different routes that I wouldn't normally take in the city because the really popular ones were really congested. Mm-hmm. So because people discovered running outdoors for the first time when <laughs> their gyms closed. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I think 
I think just kind of, you know, reconnecting to the original just joy of running as much as possible has been helpful. Yeah, I, I agree, and and certainly, you know, it's been it's been an adjustment for for a lot of folks. Um, have you found yourself doing more? Trail running, because I, I, again, I feel like that's been something that, that for some folks, like that's a, a, a better chance to get out and not be uh, have as, as many as many as much crowd on the on the trails. But you know, in, in that part of, of the world, from what I know, like there's a lot of trail runners. So maybe I, I don't know. Has, has trail running been um, better, worse, more con- as far as better, worse, like more congested or, or able to get out there and be a little bit more uh, isolated? Or, or how is you know like has that changed at all? I guess the the makeup of trails versus roads uh, this this year. Honestly, I've done less trail running this year because, well, because I mean, San Francisco has trails, but not the kind of trails where you would be out there for hours, like getting a lot of miles in. It's it's more like I'll run stretches of trail as part of a run that's mostly road. So to, to really get to the trails here, I well, I personally would cross the bridge over to Marin County. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it's not that far of a drive. It's, you know, 20 minutes or so. But I think I was trying to follow recommendations mm-hmm. of staying as local as possible, not, you know, getting in your car to go for a run. Right. And so I, I did sort of back off of that. Um, there's also trails on the East Bay, South Bay, that as well. But I, my preferred trails are up north. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I honestly haven't been over there even once during the pandemic because I, I have been just sticking to my home turf for the most part. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, how how anxious isn't quite the right word. How how excited? How maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe anxious is the right word. I don't know. How 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 much are you looking forward to? you know, whenever, whenever it is that we can get back to, to racing safely. I mean, are, are you, are you chopping at the bit? Are you kind of waiting and see, like, you know, again, assuming that the vaccines continue to progress, like, like it kind of looks like, and maybe I'm just wearing my rose colored glasses, but it, you know, hopefully, you know, whatever it's going to be, you know, sometime spring, March, April, something like that, by the time it all rolls out and get it out to people and whatnot. Um, like, are, are you chopping at the bit to sign up for a race? Or are you kind of still, still keeping the, the, the guard up just in case? I would say I am definitely ready. I, I want, I, I, if there's a race that is safe, that is, that I could do, I, I'm all for it. I want to do it as soon as possible. I think that a lot of us are there in terms of just, we miss racing. We want to race. And again, I, I'm trying not to be like that, that person telling people what to right. do or what not to right. do during a pandemic. But my personal view is I have seen some races come back uh, and I personally haven't felt like they were safe or Mm. even that they would be enjoyable because of the different measures that would have to happen and then still the anxiety on top of that. So my answer is yes, of course, I'm ready to race, but I would need for it to feel safe. And, uh, you know, maybe that is in a post vaccine world, or maybe right. it's just with some more creative ways of making that happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, that, you know, not vaccine aside, but, but COVID the pandemic aside, um, 
as if we can put just put that yeah just put that aside that's not a thing right now <laughs> right um but uh you know we, we obviously talked a little bit about new york and 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 uh you know kind of mentioned some other other at least in passing some other races that you've done um are you a big race girl or a, a smaller race girl i mean obviously new york is a big race as far as number of people but you know, is that something that you tend to gravitate towards the races that have thousands and thousands and thousands of people or is that kind of a you know sometimes it's okay but but you know more more like me where it's like yeah a couple thousand people is like perfect um or, or do you tend to like the, the the bigger crowds on on race day i laughed at the question because my answer is both and, <laughs> of course it is <laughs> um, and, and um so my two favorite marathons are the new york city marathon and mountains to beach which are two very different marathons <laughs> um mountains to beach is here in california down in southern california it, and New York's obviously New York and one's a big city, one's more like beach towns. And it, yes, Mountains to Beach has a couple thousand runners. And New York City has 50,000. So. New York City has waves that are a couple thousand runners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I definitely appreciate both. And, and for me, there are other, I think the size of the race is not, I mean, certainly it's a consideration, but it's not going to be what, guides my decision of whether I'm going to run a race or not. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously it's, it's one, it's, it's one factor for, for most folks, I think, even if it, it you know, everybody has their own uh, criteria as far as what, what matters the most, but I don't think there's, there's too many people at least um, that, that really it all hinges on, on one variable or another. So it's just, it's just curious because uh, um, you know, again, kind of looking forward to races and, and my feeling is, and I, and I, I, I don't know that I would, be bold enough to make the assumption that you would you would agree with me on it but I, I think i think it's just kind of maybe common sense more than anything else that the smaller races will be the first ones that kind of can come back you know it's it, unless this vaccine right. just goes great uh, it's going to be it's going to be the smaller <laughs> races that can come back first because it'll be the easier to, to distance a little bit and things like that so um you know glad that you're not a, a po- i don't know glad but if you were too opposed to the small races then it might be harder to you have to wait a little bit longer to get into the bigger races but hopefully you know hopefully knock on wood whatever things will continue to to progress well well on the on the vaccine front and races can continue to to make some some adjustments and some changes to to keep people safe out there and of course to keep the volunteers and, and the staff safe uh and and yeah we can start all of us can start scratching that that little bit of, of race itch um on, at some form or fashion uh hopefully sooner rather than later um shifting gears one last time before we we kind of start wrapping this one up ava uh i'm curious um and, and again this kind of goes back to something that, that you probably probably don't remember, possibly don't remember, but I, I feel like there was a, a comment that I saw from you, um, on Twitter again, some, some while back, um, that, that, and, and I'm certainly not trying to attack or not trying to bring anything up, but just kind of setting, setting the stage of it, it was, it was, it was something about the, the, the phrase that a lot of runners use. And I've, I've probably been guilty of, of throwing it around once in, once in a while as well. Um, and, and for you being a therapist, I think it, it probably hit a nerve a little bit. And, and the, the, and I don't, again, I don't, I didn't dive back into the archives to, to find the exact quote or, or whatever, but it was along the lines of like running is, is my therapy or, or, or things like that. And, and, um, again, something that, that I've probably said, um, and, and, and a lot of folks have, and I think it kind of, if memory serves kind of rubbed you a little bit, the, the, the wrong way of like, well, no, like running is, is good and can, it can be great for mental health, but like, it's not the same thing as, as therapy. And, and I would just be, be curious. And, and again, we don't have to go into this deep if you don't want to, or we can, we can dive into it for 10, 10 minutes or more. I mean, whatever, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, um, you know, whether it's, it's, it's 
for you personally, you as a, a professional opinion or, or whatever, but, um, you know, I, meaning whatever you can take it kind of however, however you want to go with it, of course, um, th- that, that, that combination between running and the, the, the feel good hormones that, you know, the endorphins and things like that and, and mental health, like, like what, what is your take on it as an, as an expert, as somebody in the field, uh, versus, you know, me, some schlub that, that talks to runners a couple times a week and, and might throw out a, a phrase like running is, is my therapy or, or running is, is, you know, my drug of choice or whatever, um, that, that might hit you the wrong way. Like, like, again, not, not a great question, but maybe a, a topic. And if you would be willing to discuss it, I'd love to go that way with you. Oh, absolutely. That definitely does rile me up. So you're, you're correct that I'm not a fan of versions of that phrase, like running is my therapy, running is cheaper than therapy. Mm -hmm. My, my, my response to that is like, yeah, and a bandaid is cheaper than stitches, but you know, they serve different purposes. Um, but, um, my take on it is of course, course running has mental health benefits i mean i'm not no one's arguing with that there's science there i mean like being active is helpful for most people's mental health and i think that's what drives a lot of people to continue in the sport and and a lot of people do cite running as as something that's really changed their life for the better and i i would never want to invalidate that but I do take issue with the the saying that running is your therapy because it, it just isn't true. Um, that I think, and again, I'm saying this. I got a tattoo of met and kefalin, which is the runner's high endorphin, on mm-hmm. on my arm. So I, you know, I'm all about the the feel good feelings of running. I, I'm definitely, you know, I I cannot make that disclaimer enough, but. I, I think that it can be dangerous to sort of conflate the things that are therapeutic and things that are beneficial to maintaining good mental health to something like therapy, which can be life-saving and um, really, like, if running is enough to get you out of a dark place or just rough patch of life, then that's great, but that's not certainly going to be the case for everyone and and they will need a little more than that and that's totally fine and i think that is something that should be destigmatized and and encouraged and i think a lot of people who say things like that or i mean i there there are worse versions there are people who are like wine is my therapy i'm like Mm -hmm. oh god no (laughs) Um, um but i think that the those phrases often come from people who who can be very dismissive of mental health care and mm. the the value that it has. So I, I definitely, yeah, I know you said we can talk about this for 10 minutes, but I, it's definitely something that I could talk about for a long time because, yeah, um, it, it's definitely a complicated issue because uh, I think also i need to have another disclaimer that i don't want to be dismissive of the fact that people say running is cheaper than therapy because a lot of people can't afford therapy and if that's the best you can do i mean i would encourage people to have a sort of lots of different coping mechanisms and and sources of support to choose from so not not rely solely on running or 
or whatever the one thing for them is, because that's usually not the best. But yeah, I mean, I, I think as much as I want to say like, no, therapy is, is therapy and running is running and, and don't say that one is cheaper than the other when, First of all, who, the way some people are are buying shoes and signing up for <laughs> right, it might not and, be cheaper. <laughs> like that may not be true, but um, <laughs> but also, yeah. I mean, I I don't want to say it too dismissively, and not recognize the fact that access to therapy can be hard mm-hmm. for for folks. But yeah, I mean, the the phrase itself is is pretty. Um, problematic to me um but i do understand that people don't mean it that seriously people just mean it as like i feel better after unwinding for a run and and that's great but for me i do definitely get kind of pedantic about word choice right right well and 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 i think that that in an attempt to not put words in your mouth but but something that i feel like you were you were at least I was hearing from what you were saying is that just like, you know, how many times have I talked about, you know, there's, there's no one size fits all for training plans or for races or for running or for, for physical health. Like obviously mental health is the same thing. Right. And so like for some, for some folks like, and again, not trying to be dismissive in any, in any form or fashion, but like for some folks going for a run, like that's, that's, that's great. That's, that's what works for them. And it's, it's great for them and, and to, to unwind and de-stress to, to whatever. Um, but some folks need more than that. And, and again, your, your, your analogy of a bandaid versus stitches, like two ways to, to address a wound, but depending on the size of the wound, depending on what's going on, the, the situation specifically, like it isn't a one size fits all. You always need a bandaid or you always need stitches or you always need this, or you always need that. Um, and, and, and again, you know, whether it's, it's a stigma, whether it's a, it's a lack of, of empathy from, from some folks. And I, I might be borderline guilty of that, at least in a, in a previous iteration of myself, hopefully I've, I've gotten a little bit, you know, more understanding of different folks that, that aren't, you know, heaven forbid, not everybody's exactly like me and thinks exactly like me and has the same experiences <laughs> that I've ever had, um, to where, yeah, like I can recognize that, that, you know, that, that, that it is different and, and and that's okay. And that's what, you know, part of what makes the running community so great is that everybody's, there's so many differences. There's so many variations. There's so many, uh, likes and dislikes and things that we do and, and don't do or whatever. Um, and, and again, you talk about healthcare just in general, mental health care more specifically as, as it relates to this conversation. Um, there is no one size fits all. So stop trying to, to make it, stop trying to pass on maybe the stigma that like, or not the stigma, but the, the idea that like, Oh, just, just go for a run and everything will be better. Like it might be for you, but it might not be for everybody else. Right. And, and I think I'm also definitely a big proponent of leaving professional advice to professionals. And I, I and it comes up a lot in terms of like nutrition or, mm-hmm. um, or I think also some, some people who don't know what they're talking about when it comes to running, giving right. sort of who are not coaches, who are not trained to tell like in that. And I'm trying, you know, you, you probably know what I mean by this, mm-hmm. just kind of giving really terrible and dangerous advice and probably meaning well. And, and I think the same is definitely true with mental health, like, especially now that it is sort of less stigmatized and people are opening up about it more, there's definitely a lot of like armchair experts and uh, people who who have a lot of advice when it comes to managing mental health that is appropriate to a certain extent. But I, I'm generally a fan of people 
staying in their lanes and and sort of I think the fitness world can sometimes um act as as sort of like yeah like unofficial like like uh yoga instructors think they're therapists or um other fitness professionals talking about like how to um yeah like how to take care of your mental health through running and it, it it's okay in some extents and sometimes it's a slippery slope so that's kind of my my perspective on it as well yeah I, again totally totally can can see that perspective and, and agree with it you know because you know like you said i've i've see it in, in the running world all the time where, you know, I'm in, obviously I'm in you know a dozen, probably more than a dozen different Facebook groups. Right. And every once in a while you, you're scrolling through a group and it's like, Oh, you know, I, I've got this, this, this pain in this part of my body. What should I do? And there's 47 comments. And, and like you said, I don't think anybody's trying to, to, to cause harm or to give bad advice. Um, but like I'm reading through some of them and just going, Oh my gosh, like, no, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Like, no, that's the worst thing you can do. But, but you know, and, and then, uh, then I'm just chiming in as the, the 48th guy leaving a, a comment and like, what's like, that's probably not doing much. So yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I can feel you on that. And, um, thank you for, for being willing to, to go there a little bit. And like, like you said, you probably could, could keep ranting on it for a while. And I, I would, wouldn't mind continuing to rant on it for a while, but at some point we gotta, gotta get close to wrapping this one up and, and, uh, people can always follow you along on, on Twitter and see you ranting on some of that stuff once in a while as, as well. So, um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, Ava, as, as we're getting to that, that point of, of wrapping it up, I got to give you, I got to hit you with a little f- philosophical, uh, question here at the end. Um, and, and I would just be, be curious, uh, to, to know, uh, since this running has been something that's been part of your life for, for a little while now from, from the high school days and, and pretty much straight on through to where we are today. Um, y- you know, you've probably heard me ask this question before, cause it's one of the ones that's on my, my rotation here, but, um, what is, what is running taught you? about yourself a lesson learned something that that you've learned through through running that you're able to take into you know personal life professional life other other areas of of your life um that you know obviously no way of knowing but maybe you never would have learned this lesson had you not not been a runner so uh you know floor is yours to to kind of wrap this one up what what is what is running what is at least one thing i'm assuming there's at least one uh that, that running has taught you about yourself Wow. Yeah, that's a great question because I, obviously there's more than one thing that running has taught me, but if I were to sort of pull out the most important lesson that can be applied to anything and, and especially, you know, also for people who, who don't run, it's just that um, in terms of seeing progress and really having like getting to where you want to be with whatever goal you have and, and yes, for, for running, that's maybe race times or race distances or, or whatever your goals are. But I, obviously this can be applied in, in terms of career or other like, parts of life too. But consistency is everything and that there's no sort of like secret to overnight success and or quick fix or basically cutting corners doesn't work uh, because for me in my own sort of running journey especially as I'm trying to get my my marathon time down I have found that the when I, I when it works it's because I have a good relationship with my coach who I've been working with for a long time and I've been training regularly without long breaks and I am just kind of doing the boring work of it and and I see my time go down 
not super dramatically or, um, you know, in, in ways that are really exciting to post about online because it's like people want to hear about like the, the 18 minute PRs. They don't want to hear about the like five minute PR. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. even a really big marathon PR. I don't remember the last time I had, um, but, but, or like the two minute PRs, which Mm -hmm. are very exciting to me. Of course it has to do also with how long you've been running and how much time you are like what, what your, your starting time is and what you're trying to get down to. So, so sometimes the big PRs make more sense, but you know, if if you've been in the sport for a while, I think it's not realistic to see uh, those like 20 minute PRs every single time you race. And, um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's sort of like, I, I guess the sort of like the, there is a lot of value to the less sort of glamorous and flashy, uh, achievements and that the way to have those achievements is similarly kind of boring and mm-hmm. and more about consistency than some sort of tip that no one else has thought of before or a secret to unlock it's just kind of doing the work um and and yes that's the um case for parts of life outside of running as well but i think the the application there is pretty clear yeah, to- totally agree, and and I've been nodding my head for the the entirety of that of that answer. I think of just like, yep. I mean, that's 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 the secret. Is there is no secret, and and I appreciate you. Uh, uh, I'm glad that you've recognized that, and appreciate you you sharing that a little bit as as something that uh, I think can't be can't be said and, and can't be reinforced enough. And and once again, guys, if you've uh, enjoyed today's conversation, hope you have. Uh, Feel free to, to give Ava a follow on the social medias and, and uh, kind of stay stay in touch with what she's got going on and uh, on Instagram. That's at Ava Christine and then the letter M, uh, all one word, no underscores or hyphens or dashes or anything like that. Just at Ava Christine M and on Twitter it's at Ava again Martinez without any vowels. So A V A M R T N Z on Twitter. Uh, Dizruns.com slash nine zero four is the link. Take you back to the show notes today. We'll have we'll have her social media stuff linked up and and probably Ellen always finds a, a handful of other things to link as well races and various things that we talked about. So I'm sure there'll be some other links there as well. Uh, Dizruns.com slash nine zero four is the link for today. Uh, Ava, thank you for, uh, for, for taking the time to, to chat today. I, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, like I said, I think I said in the intro or maybe before we got talking, but long time coming. So, so glad we were able to, to finally make it happen um, and uh, appreciate all the, the, the support and the, the attention and the, the interactions over the years and looking forward to uh, hopefully many years of, of additional uh, interactions and back and forth and all that good stuff. And uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. And, and thanks again for the time today. Of course. It's fun. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Ava and myself. And as per usual, we'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about today that really kind of hit home or left a mark or made you think a little bit or maybe all of the above? I don't know. What, what was it from today that was really kind of that, that thing for you? Uh, for me, it was it was kind of in the the early ish stages, maybe uh, just a little bit before halfway, and uh, we we're kind of talking about race anxiety and race nerves. And, and Ava was talking about how, you know, she really tries not to overthink things on on race day, and that really kind of got me thinking a little bit. Um, in part because it's something that I think that I'm halfway decent at. Um, I think that I don't stress out too much. I, I don't overthink things too much. I'm, I'm pretty. You know, unlike unlike a lot of you type A folks, uh, I'm pretty type B minus or, or whatever, whatever not 
uh, you know, high strung and, and maybe not high strung. That's not the right way of saying it. But um, I don't worry about a lot of things. Like I just kind of, you know, laissez-faire. I'll take it as they come. Like I don't need to plan things out. Um, I, I don't need to have like this meticulous minute by minute or uh, day by day schedule. Like I like my routine, of course. I've talked about that many times. But, you know, something comes up. Something, something throws me off a little bit. It might, it might throw things off a little bit in the moment, but like I tried, I, I like to think I'm halfway decent at just kind of roll, rolling with the punches, going with the flow. And, um, and so the reason that this, this stood out to me is during the, during the conversation about overthinking things and trying not to overthink things on race day is that it's something that I think I take for granted because I don't overthink things on race day. I don't worry about exact mile markers of where, um, you know, where, where a, an aid station might be or where the water tables are going to be. I don't worry about exactly where, you know, for Rebecca, where, where she might meet me during a race. Like I'm, I, I just kind of go. And if I see her great, and if not, I mean, whatever, like I'm looking for, her, but I don't freak out if I don't see her. Um, you know, I don't worry about exactly when I'm going to fuel. Uh, and now that I don't fuel much, I don't really don't worry about exactly when I'm going to fuel. Right. Um, you know, I, I just don't worry about a lot of things. I don't worry about if the race starts a little bit late. I don't worry about, um, you know, trying to have a, an, an exact playlist for my, my race day, uh, schedule so that I, you know, certain song hits at a certain mile marker or whatever. Like, and, and I, I say all of those things because I know from conversations with some of you guys, uh, conversations with, uh, running friends in, in, in person, local friends, uh, other, you know, people on social media that there are runners that worry about all of those things. Maybe you don't worry about every single one of them, but in my view, boy, that's a lot of, of mental, energy, mental focus, mental things that, uh, that, that kind of can detract from the race day experience. And, and again, if I may be so bold would not even border would, would cross the border of into overthinking territory in my opinion. And so, you know, if, if you find that, that maybe you get a little bit high strung on race day, that wound a little bit tight, a little bit, you know, over anxious, um, maybe, trying to find ways to, to not worry about every detail might not be a bad thing to try to work on, you know, maybe into the new year and, and, you know, with races, hopefully fingers crossed coming back sooner rather than later and being a a pretty regular thing again. Uh, I know there's a lot of folks ready to get out there and, and, you know, toe the line, um, maybe a little bit less overthought going into it, you know, obviously precautions and be smart and, and things like that, but maybe just, you know, turn the, turn the iPod on shuffle and just let it go. You know, I know that for some of you, that might be blasphemous, but, but maybe that's one way that you could kind of not overthink things as much. Maybe, you know, turn the watch off or not turn the, like turn it on, keep track of things, but change the watch face so that it's not showing your, your pace per mile the entire way along the way. So you don't have to overthink about pace and, and, and what that's going to do. You can just run. And then at the end, you still get your data, which is nice, but it's, it's one less thing to stress about during your run. You can just relax and go. You know, there's, there's a dozen other options, a dozen other things, but, uh, again, all things that, that I've heard about, thankfully, mostly things that I don't stress about too much. So if you find yourself stressing on race day, maybe take a page out of Ava's book and, uh, try to try not to overthink as much stuff. And that might bring those stress levels down a little bit and help you to just, you know, relax and enjoy, and maybe even perform better when races start happening again. So anyway, long-winded as per usual, but that's, that's my takeaway. Uh, that just the reminder that overthinking things, not usually the best way of going about it. Uh, try to, try to take action, go with the flow, adjust as you need to, uh, and stop 
making it into a bigger deal in your head than necessary, which is not for nothing, something I don't struggle with too much when it comes to running, something that I struggle a little bit more on the business side of, of this of this world. Uh, so it's certainly something that I can still work on uh, into 2021 and beyond. So there's that for whatever it's worth. Anyway, what stood out to you from today? Was it overthinking? Was it something else? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can find at Dizruns.com slash 904, Dizruns.com slash 904. Uh, and you can scroll on down there to the comment section. We got, you know, once you get through the, you know, once you get past checking out the photos, maybe clicking a link or two down there at the bottom is the comment section. You can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, and takeaways there. And I can't even remember if I mentioned the email address, but that's another way. In ca- if I mentioned it, here it is again. Uh, sometimes I get so on autopilot, I forget. Did I say what I meant to say? Dizruns at gmail.com. If you want to email me your uh, thoughts and feedbacks, but uh, whatever, you know, by now, most of you have been listening to the show for, I don't know, at least at least a couple episodes. So you know, but for those of you that don't, social media, email, show notes, I just love hearing from y'all. So whatever whatever method works best for you works just fine for me. And if you don't want to share takeaways, you just want to shoot the breeze, hey, I'm up for that as well. Um, at Dizruns on socials, Dizruns at gmail.com, Dizruns.com slash 904 is the link for today. And if you need some good coffee, not for nothing, but if you need some good coffee, we got that too. But you can't find that on my website but I can give you a, a link to direct you. Dizruns.com uh, slash coffee is the link that'll take you back to the Siskin Roasters website. You can get yourself some Dizruns coffee and enjoy some really good coffee to kind of bring in the new year um, and keep you warm on some of these, you know, for, for a good warm drink. Keep you warm or warm you up after a good, a good outdoor winter run. Um, either way, a good cup of coffee is uh, not a bad thing. And you can get one, uh, you can get more than one cup. You can get a, a, a pound of coffee. I think it comes in bags of pounds or pounds of bags. Whatever. Dizruns.com slash coffee. And now that I've... I've phew, this has been the most awkward, rambly... Uh, I don't know. Maybe not the most because you know. But anyway, let's wrap this one up before I say any more ridiculous things between now and the end. Uh, y'all, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, hit that share button. That uh, helps a lot and is very much appreciated. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening to the last episode of Diz Runs Radio of 2020. We'll come at you on Friday, New Year's Day, with the first episode of 2021. But until then, y'all, be well. Take care. Talk soon. Talk to you next year. Take care. See you guys.